Hi, I'm Adam Murray. Subtle Disruptors is about pondering two questions. What does it mean to live well in this moment, given the context within which we find ourselves? And how can we shape the world we live in so that it becomes closer to the one we want to inhabit? I do this by talking with people who you probably haven't heard of, but who I think are embodying a fascinating response to these two questions and doing it in a way that involves subtle changes all of us can make. I want you and I to get as much as possible out of these stories and to feel encouraged, connected and resolute in our own quests of subtle disruption. This week I'm talking with Jeffrey Slater. Here's a little bit from Jeffrey. There's so much more. There's so much more. What if so much more was possible? What if everything we... I one time did this ridiculous exercise with myself on a Saturday night and I wrote down everything I thought was impossible. Everything I thought was impossible. And I crossed it all out and I said... And I made it possible for my mind for just 15 minutes. Like, this is possible. And you know what? It was really freeing. So what if everything we thought was impossible was possible? But maybe I'm just crazy. Who knows? But it's a crazy one to change this world. And I'm not interested in anything normal anymore because normal gets us bombs, normal gets us famine, normal gets us separation, normal gets us shit food, and going to work to a 95. Fuck normal. Jeffrey and I sat on a couch overlooking Albert Park and talked about fundamental shifts in our understanding. But before I tell you about it, here is a quick word from our sponsor for this week. A brand new product to market, Roaming Company produced the highest quality fresh mints you can find and through a connection to local artists, have created an entirely different mint experience. Available only in select coffee shops, partnered locations, and online. Learn more at roamingco.com and share their journey by following Roamingco on Instagram. Jeffrey Slater is an author, speaker, and thought leader who has shared stages with many a famous person and has had his own business success. He's also followed a spiritual path of meditation, self-help, and inner transformation. What he found during this process that was still something missing, something that seemed only to open up to him through the assistance of shaman and consciousness opening plants. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you enjoy listening to Jeffrey Slater on the subtle disruption of consciousness. So Jeffrey, awesome to be chatting with you here today. Do you mind by starting by just talking about where we are and why we're here? Well, where we are for me as, as I guess, quote, a thought leader, is, you know, right now I'm in Melbourne on a tour speaking, and more importantly, where are we? And it's a good question to ask ourselves is who are we, where are we, what are we doing in this crazy cosmic galactic experience? Now, I'm really, I used to see myself as a business guy. I'm not that, and I'm not a super spiritual person either. I am neither of it. I think, I guess, if someone had to categorize me, I'm an entrepreneur, which means I use I like businesses that grow myself, and I like to work with other business owners that do the same. Mm. And after working with three million people in thirteen different countries, and been on stage with all the people I read their books—Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Dean Martini, Tim Ferriss, and all these incredible thought leaders—I found that no one's above or below anybody else, and we're all just humans doing the best we can with the choices that we have. And so I'm just—I guess if you categorize me, I'm an entrepreneur, or known as just a guy doing what I love. <laughs> yeah. So, are you? Where are you based? I'm based. In, oh, you don't have a base. Not really. I mean, I live in Byron, <laughs> oh, Australia, yeah. awesome. but yeah. but my base is here right now. <laughs> yeah. Know? So when someone asks me where do I live, I live in this vessel. I live in this body, and uh, and for someone that's a little too esoteric, yeah, I live in Byron Bay. Yeah, great spot to live. I've only yeah, I been there it. once or twice. I want yeah. to travel there again. It's yeah. a fun place. Good surf. Good people. A lot of one of the things I like about Byron is there's a lot of 
high-performing entrepreneurs, but they just drive mopeds around and hang out. Yeah. And they just enjoy their life while they make a huge difference. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. I mean, just how long have you lived in Byron anyway? You've been... I think I've been in Byron for about two years now. Okay. I was in Manly Beach for a while. Oh, yeah, awesome. And uh, in Sydney, obviously. Yeah. So that was great. I moved from Silicon Valley okay. of San Francisco and then moved to Manly Beach, Sydney, Australia. It was yeah. great. Yeah. I haven't looked back. <laughs> and what's happening in Melbourne? What's brought you here for this week? Uh, what brought me here in this week is I'm doing a course called the Business Brotherhood as well, which is tomorrow, which is a men's, men's course okay. for only men. Why am I doing working with only men is for this course is because there's over 150 men every month kill themselves. It's kind of ridiculous. What they're missing is camaraderie. They're missing connection. They're missing. They've confused. Many have confused what it is to be a man. They've got this thing that they got to be macho and super strong and they can't talk about their feelings or any of that stuff. And so they need a place where it's okay to do that. Plus, let's grow some business and make some more money and make some more impact. I guess it's a, an alchemy of the two worlds. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, actually part of a group called the Men's Collective. One of the guys I've interviewed on this podcast, actually, mm-hmm. his name is Jimmy Fern, started this great group, which is not business related, but mm-hmm. it's all about doing that, like men connecting, men uh, having a forum where they can talk vulnerably um, in a safe environment and connect with other men. It's just, and I'm, yeah, I'm part of that and it's, it's amazing. It's changing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Some of the guys that come along and, you can see the change that happens to them through the course of a couple of hours. It yeah. really shifts them. And, you know, I'm really grateful for the guys because they've shifted my life too. Yeah. And as we do more and more of these, I'm finding more and more actually embracing my path as a, as a, as a man in this world and my relationship to the world and everything else. So, yeah. Cool. yeah, that's cool. That term entrepreneur, what does that actually mean? An entrepreneur. Oh, entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's entrepreneur, which is a pretty common thing. That's true. Yeah. And then there's a, Interpreneur, and what an interpreneur is is somebody who who personally grows themselves, uh, and they I guess they work with their business as a reflection of themselves, and they do their best to grow themselves um, as a priority and their own soul's journey versus profits. Yeah. So so in other words, they're people that are committed to growing themselves, and they happen to run companies. So they're not business people, and they're not super just let's just sit around and. Meditate. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I mean, when did this journey start for you? Have you always been an entrepreneur or have you? I think as all, I've always been an entrepreneur, which yeah. is, but I didn't know it. And I yeah. just came up with, you know, that term, I just kind of decided to coin, coin it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, I've been this since I've been 20 years old, man. I, I started, my, I went to my first seminar, saw some guy on a stage. He was transforming lives. I said, I want to do that. Then I thought I'd have to get really rich before everyone listened to me. So I went out and did some real estate, made some money, made a lot of money doing that, and then nearly lost it all, then went and built it back up again, then started training seminars because I thought that that'd be, that'd be pretty fun. And plus, it gives you all kinds of business opportunities because, you sure, you can make money doing this and all that. But then all these business opportunities came and these opportunities from other other people in the printings were like, hey, I have a company, and I would sit on some advisory boards and things like that. And then, sure enough, then ended up here. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, for you, why are you doing this? Like, was there a moment for you that, that catalyzed you on this path? I think there's many moments, which yeah. inherently are one moment. I keep thinking about this one transformational experience I had in Mexico with some indigenous tribes, 
and it was the most extreme experience of pure transformation and alchemy of transformation that happened. And what it was was true transformation is absolutely blissful and absolutely terrifying at the same time. And when those both happen at the same time, that's when leap forward and evolution forward because there's nowhere to go happens. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then and it becomes a wake-up call to our symbiotic relationship with everything around us. And when we have that direct experience, we have to face the fact that we are human. And as human beings, some of us might be here to run companies or do things. And we have a responsibility to, to have empathy for ourselves and everything around us. And as human beings, we have to go to the original premise and ask ourselves again, who are we as human beings? What is our role here? What are we really here for? Because it's not to just make money and have a white picket fence and a nice car. Because all that stuff, in the end, no matter how much you get it, I'm just sharing with you guys. It's, for myself, I had my own measure of that, and I did it. And I've met with people worth hundreds of millions and billions of dollars, and they say the same thing, which is, it's not all it's cracked up to be. So then what? And then what? <laughs> yeah, and then what? And I guess a good question is, and then what? And then there's nothing to do. And then from there, since there's nothing to do, I found I discovered from the place of there's nothing to do and being totally scared of that, totally afraid of there's nothing to do and there's nowhere to go. And there's from that place, being super scared about that and then moving through and working through the fears of that, then I was able to find my calling and inside of that calling is my soul's journey. And inside of that soul's journey, there is a lot to do but my, only my soul knows, and I have to listen to my soul. My soul says, do this podcast, don't do this podcast, whatever. And it directs me, and there's no right or wrong anymore, what I should do or shouldn't do. There's just what my soul says to do. So I'm no longer living in a duality of I should or shouldn't do this, or this is what society says I should do. And instead of living in a culture, like mainstream culture, which says for us to, you know, everyone has to be normal, now we have to question, when did we sign up for a culture? that we didn't, And I say the etymology of culture is cult. Mm. And inside of that, is this a culture we want to be a part of? And I'm clearly, clearly I'm in this place in my life where I'm not interested. Yeah. And it's time to create my own culture. And my own culture is, is what I love is to work with entrepreneurs, high-performing entrepreneurs that see themselves as having a, using their businesses for vehicle for change. And so I don't like to work with pure business people. They're boring. And I don't like to work with people who just want to sit around and meditate and do nothing. Either one, I think that they're not my role. It's not my calling to work with them. I'm here to work with the high-performing entrepreneurs that want to use businesses as vehicle for change. That's my calling. Yeah. Man, there's a few trains of thought I want to follow there, so I'll see if I can hold them all in my mind at the same time. Maybe the first one is about that journey down that you described there, understanding your, I guess, your purpose and your soul's calling. Did you call it that? Your soul's, yeah. 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 How did you go through that? What was that process for you to get to that point and to be able to understand that this culture is not what I want and now I want to create my own culture? Well, I think it's a long process. What I mean by that is it wasn't just that experience. It's many experiences. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I can, sometimes I'll swear on this thing. Is That's that okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, essentially, I, when I was 20 years old, I was attending a lot of seminars and self-help and jumping up and down and walking over fire and all that stuff, which is all fine. Then attended many major and stuff and then read all these self-help books and I was really into it. Mm. And then I realized it led nowhere. And most of it was just total bullshit. And it was just frustrating. And then I was like, never seemed to satisfy things for me. And then I started a daily meditation practice and did that. And I still do that for a long time and because it's been 16 years, right? And it's incredible. And I love it. Yeah. But still something was missing. I was like, what is this thing that's missing for me? 
I'm the guy that has the money, the resources, the time, and I study all the self-help and this esoteric mystery school stuff, all this stuff, and I, something's not something's just not cracking for me. And I'm like, if I'm feeling this, I can't imagine the people that don't have the time, yeah. what they must be feeling. Mm, yeah. And they don't have the time, the resources, the energy, and I have the time. So something's fucked. So it's time to do some other work. Now, keep in mind, I'll premise this as well. I had never drank a drop of alcohol in my life growing up. My there was some alcoholism, not in my, up the line, grandmothers, grandfathers, stuff like that. Not my mom and dad. Like, they didn't, you know, it was fine. Yeah. But, but I never drank alcohol. I never did synthetic drugs. It doesn't make me any better. I'm just saying this for contexting for what I'm about to share with you. Sure. So, essentially, I lived this life where, and then I also made a lot of money, quote, for a young kid. And I had the time of my life. Private planes, running around, best parties, New York. I'm sorry, not Las Vegas. New York wasn't a favorite place of mine. It's a fine place, but just whatever. Las Vegas was more fun. Yeah. And so, anyways, Las Vegas, this, that, this, woo. And while secretly living a spiritual life, too, of meditation and ashrams and business, and I was trying to walk between these worlds, right? Mm. And I still was bored. So I had, I had everything people could ask for and more, and I still was bored, and something was missing. So something was off. And then I was like, and I'm teaching people, and I'm the guy that coaches people how to become coaches. So I was training them in advanced transformational work and everything. And if I'm feeling this, they're feeling it too. Mm. So what I'm saying is, then I had to do some more research. Because that's what I do. I ask better questions. So I said, well, what haven't I considered? Who knows how to be human better than me? And then my buddy sent me this documentary. And he sent me this documentary years ago, and it, and it was a documentary about these incredible medicine men and medicine women in the jungles of Peru. And they really knew how to be human. I was like, that's amazing. How did, what did you mean by that? Or what, what did you identify in them about how they knew how to be human? They were just happy. Yeah. Like, gratitude. They just enjoyed their life. It was amazing just to see someone, like, put their feet in the ground and enjoy their life and look up at the sun and smile and sit around and play the flute and enjoy their life and then do their service to the world, which is, for them, it was serving medicine mm. and sing songs, and they just enjoyed themselves. Now, that's not my role. You know, we all have our, our way to serve, and that wasn't mine, but I started, I'm like, maybe I can learn something from them. Maybe I could learn something from these, quote, indigenous tribes. Mm. Maybe there's a whole world that, while everyone else thinks they're prehistoric and old, maybe we're fucked up. Maybe I'm fucked up. Maybe I got work to do. So I went and I said, maybe this, this quote, normal thing needs a relooking because normal sucks. Mm. Normal is get to wake up, go to work, wonder if it's worth it, live in a future. Normal is eat shit food, figure, <laughs> it's, it's crap, drink crap water, yeah. not enjoy life, try and get somewhere in life, and hopefully you, quote, make it. When really achievement sucks too because there's nothing that's cracked up to be any other way. And some people will, you don't need to believe anything I'm sharing, you can take or leave it. Because often people will, will say this. Is, what I'm sharing is not the absolute truth. This is just my truth and my path. So I'm just being honest with myself around this. And they can listen and take it or not. It's fine either way. Yeah. And that's my role is just be honest with myself and share. And then people can take it or leave it. Because some people will like it. Some people won't. But that's cool. I can't live in the shackles of what other people think anymore. Neither can the people listening to this. we got to stop living in the shackles of everyone's opinions. So essentially what happened, I learned that these medicine men and women don't live in the opinions of others. Your friends will tell you what you want to hear. Your, your family will tell you what you want to hear to keep you happy. Oh, that's really great. A medicine man or medicine woman will tell you what you need to hear. So right now, humanity is heading towards a crash course of nowhere. 
Like, we have a choice. We have a choice to either choose humanity or essentially we're going to destroy ourselves. The entrepreneurs hold the keys to an incredibly different world if they're willing to innovate and go to their humanity. If they don't go to their humanity and, and build companies from that point, we get more bombs, we get lots of clever solutions, and we don't need more cleverness in this world. What we need is wisdom. And wisdom is the currency of the future. And what I found with these indigenous tribes is they have wisdom, true wisdom. There's a prophecy of the, the condor and the eagle coming together. The condor is South America. The eagle is the Western way, right? Now, as people can tell the story better than me, but when the condor and the eagle come together, what we have is the, this beautiful Western world coming together with the ancient ways and an alchemy of the ancient ways and the new ways coming together where we let go of all the crap the Western world has, which is we have things we need to stop doing. And then we bring in the beautiful medicine of the ancient ways and when we combine this, the alchemy takes place. And we've been led to believe that there's an Armageddon coming. And of course there is. But the thing is, is the Armageddon is, what people, is not what people think. The Armageddon is a new beginning. We've been led, and they want us to believe that the Armageddon is, is the end of time, when it's actually the new beginning. If you look up the etymology of Armageddon, it's a new beginning. So we're on the face of Armageddon right now, and the condor and the eagle come together, and they fly in unison, and they really, really, we are all part of that prophecy. Mm. And, as, and, and the entrepreneurs are the eagles, and they have, thing, they have work to do. And when they drop into their hearts, they can build and recognize their symbiotic relationship with everything around them, and then we can create in a, not what we want as an individual entrepreneur, but in co-creation with Mother Earth. And as co-creators in Mother Earth, we have a responsibility to co-create something in unison with her so we can look after her because she's alive. And until we wake up to the fact that she's alive and we stop doing such ridiculous, stupid things to kill our Amazon and kill the jungles and so much things. Now, people listen to this and go, oh, just another person cares about trees. That's cool. I just care about my family. I think I have a right to, to care about the water we drink. And as entrepreneurs, maybe we can do something about it. So I'm just there to reach out to the entrepreneurs. So I guess if you ask me what wisdom do they have, they have a lot of wisdom. Because when one of those people die, it's a library of wisdom that dies. Mm -hmm. They burn a library to ground. So I had to ask myself, I said, I got to spend some time with these people. So I did what was scary, which is I went. And, uh, went to Peru? Yeah, yeah, I went yeah. to Peru. My mom's like, you're crazy. What are you doing? You could die. You know, everyone's like, oh, you can die. All these questions. And I asked them, I said, have you ever done it? So people had all these freaking opinions about what I was doing, and they never even sat with it before. They didn't even spend time with these people. Mm. So they have no fucking idea. And they were so judgmental about it. Why? Because they watched some stupid documentary that the mainstream news says about it. Well, the mainstream news is full of bullshit, and it's lying to us. So I, I had to go into myself and go, what's really right for me? And I started meditating, and I was meditating and meditating, and it just kept going go to the jungles, go to the jungles, Jeff. And I was like, I don't want to go to the jungles. They do drugs. I don't want to do the jungles. I don't want to go. For like a week and a half, she kept saying, who's she, Mother Earth? Go to the jungles, go to the jungles, go to the jungles. So then I went. My mom thought I ended up in the jungles. 15 minutes in the first ceremony, I was so scared. So scared when I was there. Didn't know how it was going to go. I was shaking with that tea in my hand. Okay? So what sort of ceremony is oh, this? this? Sorry, to be specific, this one is an ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. And many people have have read about ayahuasca, and it's not for everybody. Just so everyone's clear, it's not for everybody. It's, it's definitely you have to be called to do it. And what I mean by called is feel it for yourself. I'm not, people can take it or leave it. But mm. for me, that was my calling. I was meant to go. Yeah. Do you want to maybe just, for, yeah. there might be people that don't really know what ayahuasca is as well. So maybe cool. fill in a, a few gaps there. Too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Thank you. Ayahuasca is a, um, is a very short version, but they can Google it. 
Yeah. Because it'll quickly answer their questions. It's a mix of two plants put together, and it's a completely natural substance that is known as the vine of the soul. And it's it's about a six or seven hour, maybe six to eight hour journey through yourself. And it will usually have you puke and purge everything that's not everything that is toxic within you and more and disempowering programming. And it's not a very, for some people, not a very comfortable experience. But the Western world is also confused with what purging actually is. We relate to it as puking as they're sick when actually to a medicine man or medicine woman, when we're purging or puking, it's music to their ears because we are letting go. Yeah. We are surrendering. And so what it is is a compound that has been around for thousands of thousands and thousands of years before even the term ayahuasca, thousands of years that is for the human family to reconnect to their Gaian, to the Gaian mind and heart. And it is a absolute incredible gift from the elders to all of us in this world, and it's for everyone, and, if they, and it's, it's been there for thousands of years. And I'd rather take that than many of the crap that is fed to most human beings. So you were 15 minutes into this yeah, ceremony. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So essentially, I'll, I'll roll back a little bit to when and before I drank it. Yeah. I was sitting there with this tea. I was looking down at it. And I was like oh, so scared because I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And that's when you know, like Terrence McKenna says, that's when you know in the presence of something real. <laughs> yeah, when you don't I know agree. what's going to happen next. Yeah. Whereas when I meditate, I sit, I meditate. I know what's going to happen next. I'm going to try and meditate. Mm. And I'm put my foot on the gas and try and find that inner peace, right? different with this ayahuasca it's like okay i'm sitting there i have no idea i'm not I'm scared with not scared with meditation here i'm slightly terrified yeah i'm in the presence of something very very real drink it first 10 minutes i'm like something's wrong with me i should have done more drugs in my life because i nothing was happening <laughs> and then 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 the medicine woman starts to sing and then i start to feel it within my whole gut and my whole body and then like I realized, like some of the things I've read, we only see one tenth of a billionth of the light spectrum, and the light spectrum opened up, and I started seeing all these incredible things. And then people would call that hallucination, but what maybe perhaps if my light spectrum, light spectrum opened, maybe I was seeing what was always there. Mm. I don't know. Mm. But essentially, just because you can't hear a dog whistle doesn't mean it's not there. So I started seeing all this stuff, and then I started to go inward, and then I started to, instead of where I'm meditating, my foot's on the gas trying to find inner peace, my feet are on the brakes. Because it's so peaceful and so expansive that my foot are on the brakes because it's scary. Why is it scary? Because I'm losing myself. I'm losing my identity, which is the biggest fear I ever had. And then I realized in that moment that I don't know shit about what's happening in this world and that nobody's in control. And every part of me that wanted to control was just fear of death, fear of not knowing, fear of having to know, fear of what people would think, all of it. And nobody's in control. And when I, had to, when I surrendered to that, I let go. I let go into myself and let go into the bliss and the complete bliss and terror of what it is to be human. And what it is to be human is incredible. We are sitting on an opportunity to get our humanity back. And in that moment, as I went through journey after journey after journey, because led to many other journeys there, I discovered how little I know. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm intrigued. I've heard of a few people doing ayahuasca with similar experiences as well. I've never done it myself. I think what I want to try and understand from you or get your thoughts on is, so, you know, I've been thinking a lot about humans and our place in this ecosystem and the universe and what might come after humans, like maybe we'll become extinct as a species. Through this process and where you are now, like what, what do you think about humans and I guess our ecosystem? Like how do you see our role in this? Thank you, good question. I can only answer from my perception and I don't know as far as 
you know, everyone has their own journey and I honor everyone's journey. Mm. For me, I can only share, but each of our souls have a specific journey and no journey is better or worse than anyone else's. What I've seen through my experiences has been there is an alchemy taking place. One of my journeys, I remember when I was, I was in the jungles again and I was doing some pretty deep work and I had a, because I, what I'll do is I'll take executives to the jungles and do deep inner work. And one of my goals in life was to take the wealthiest people in the world and combine them with the most hardcore medicine men and women in the world and see what happens. So I've been doing that and it's fun, it's incredible. It's smashed a lot of boundaries and dissolved a lot of boundaries for myself and others. But more importantly, you asked what is happening right now. And one time I was uh, in this journey and uh, I was super in it. Like I had forgotten I was in a ceremony. I forgot it was that deep. You know, like you're sitting, drink some medicine and suddenly you forgot you drank medicine. Hmm. So it's really hardcore. And it reminded me of this quote and I started to go through this journey and I started to, to become a butterfly. And I was like, whoa, this is incredible. I'm like a butterfly now. And then I forgot I, wa- I had wanted to become a butterfly. So then I was like flying around like a little, little butterfly in my mind and heart and I was fully the butterfly. And then I couldn't remember if I was a man dreaming I was a butterfly or if I was a butterfly <laughs> dreaming I was a man. Yeah. And then I realized I'm all of it. Now that was a quote that I don't remember who shared that quote. Am I a butterfly dreaming of a man or a man dreaming of a butterfly? But that quote, of course, I heard it before one of my journeys. And that's exactly the journey I had. But to become a butterfly, there's an alchemy that needs to take place. You know, there's first there's caterpillar. And then the caterpillar goes in a cocoon or whatever. And inside that cocoon, there's a lot of chaos that goes on. There's a, it's literally a metamorphosis state. And right now we're in a state of metamorphosis, of complete terror and complete bliss. And we're none of it. And we'll see what gets birthed. But through this metamorphosis stage, and this incredible alchemy of absolute darkness and absolute light happening at the same time, through this alchemy of light and dark, we will come to love our shadow again. And when we love our shadow again, the shadow needs love too. We'll transcend the shadows and we will alchemize into heaven on earth. And not everyone will, and it's totally fine. It's just their job. They're doing their role. Everyone's doing their part. Everyone is doing their part, including the quote, big bankers, you know, and all that. And they're not every banker, just so, so I established this, because there are incredible people, quote, at the tops of this world that are doing incredible work. And there are some that are absolutely psychopathic. And everyone's doing their part, even the psychopathic ones. So I, nothing's wrong. It's exactly as where it should be. Yeah. So where are we heading? Where we're heading is nowhere. Zero. Nowhere. We're going, we are literally going nowhere because the future is already written. Because time is not what people think it is. Time is omnidirectional. All things happening at the same time. Omnidirectional. So the future is already written. The question is, what do we choose? So we can either choose to have this Armageddon be the end and make us extinct, or we can choose to have a new beginning. So we as creator beings have a responsibility to create peace and heaven on earth. And it's up to us. But my role is to remind us that we are creator beings and get as many of the, the creators out there and the innovators and the practical disruptors to remind themselves, who are we? Perhaps we are children of the sun. Who knows? Or maybe it's just a bunch of foo-foo stuff. I don't know. Maybe we're here to do some work. Maybe we're guardians of this earth. Maybe we're just business people building our businesses. Maybe we're here to counter the artificial intelligence that's designed to enslave the entire human family. Maybe we're just here to play a flute and sit around. But each of us carry an embedded frequency within ourselves that when we express that frequency, we're doing our part. And some of us to do our part is to do, is to do nothing except for to be. 
So we have a gift of life right now, and, and we're all doing the best we can, but all I ask is that we all do our part. Yeah. So you seem to be saying that, so yeah, there's great work that you've talked about. Some people are doing great work, and some people are, you know, we're creator, creator beings, creator people that are creating change, and that's ability within all of us. How, when you talk with people and within your role, how do you encourage people to tap into that and be true to that and then express their role in the most authentic way? How I encourage it is I do it myself, within myself. I gave up trying to save this world. The world's saving us. Yeah. So for me, my role, I used to want to save the world and it was just really a big distraction. A big distraction from just doing the inner work on myself. So people are toxic in this world, but they're not sick. They're toxic. And when people detoxify themselves, they find their own remedies within themselves. And I just like to ask better questions. So I guess what I would ask to everyone listening here is, who are you beyond the cultural programming? Who are you as a galactic being, a part of a galactic family? Stop being a part of the human family. That's a great thing. I mean, it's good to be a part of the human family, but you're thinking too small. We're part of a galactic family. And the next thing to ask yourself is, if you lost your business and you lost your family and everything and all of that, what are you left with? Even after the sadness, after the frustration, what are you left with? And the answer is no thing. And inside of no thing, we are everything. And inside of being nowhere, we're everywhere. So when we can actually strip away all the stuff they told us about the history of the human being, who we are, all the institutional program, and we go back to the original premise of who we are as human beings, and that's really what they're asking us to do, is to go back to the original premise of human, as being a human. And when we can do that, we will find our role, we will find our calling, because we'll hear our soul's whisper again. And many times we have been distracted from the soul's whisper of life, because we are too distracted with too many other agendas being played. And the way, yeah, so, you know, you do that by asking questions and, get, and encouraging, I guess, people to ponder those questions as well. I mean, do you see ayahuasca as the way to do that, or are there other ways? For some. For some? For yeah. some. It's just... For me, in my path, it was like, I've tried it all, yeah, and it was getting me somewhere. But once I spent time with some of these indigenous plants and medicines, it was just a lot faster. I'm very results-driven, and it helped me find more of myself and how little I knew, so I could actually be completely confident and totally humble at the same time and hold the paradox of those two. And that's a nice place to be, because it gets me into the gnosis of my sovereignty as a human being. And that no path is better than anyone else's. I'm just doing my path and living my part and doing my part. So for me, definitely I have to accredit the medicines, ayahuasca, wachuma, sonora desitotin, spirit of tobacco, and many other incredible medicines have served me in that. And that's why I wrote the book, The Evolutionary Entrepreneur, is because Tim Ferriss says he doesn't know a billionaire that hasn't worked with a quote psychedelic. And people ask me, well, does that mean you've done mushrooms? I'm like, do we drink water? Mushrooms have been around for thousands of years. Ayahuasca has been around for thousands of years. Plants, big deal. It was school and those stupid, ridiculous systems that told me it was wrong. Now, done in a non-shamanic environment, well, then you've lost the sacredness. Mm. And so keeping the sacredness, sure. So to answer the question, yes, that has supported me, and it's not everyone's path. It just happened to be mine. And it's many other entrepreneurs' paths to, that have, quote, made it, I have found it because I don't know a billionaire either that hasn't sat with a psychedelic, okay? So what they do is they don't talk about it. I'm just the guy who's supposed to talk about it. 
They just don't talk about it because they run publicly traded companies, and that's fine. You know why? Because the world's asleep. Yeah. And they're very normal. And I'm not interested in normal. And most likely, people listening to this, whether they're, they're either excited about what I'm saying or they're totally confronted. And that's great. That's my job, to be a positive, practical disruptor. So if we don't do something about our awakening process, we as a human family are fucked. Um, not from fear, but it's just real. Just tell me like it is. Yeah. For people listening to this and might be hearing this kind of thing for the first time, what's the, I mean, is it just Googling this to, to prick their curiosity or like what's, what's the first step in this direction that they can take? The first step in the direction is if you're listening to this and you haven't shut it off by now, <laughs> you're probably curious. And it's to follow that curiosity. Spend more time with yourself. Put your feet in nature. An hour a day in nature. Just put your feet in Take out. your shoes off. Take your shoes off. Be yeah. human. And they can go to, I have a website called thegrandinitiative.com, the Grand Initiative, and they can go on the, the research section. I put I got like 40, 50 videos in there, science, everything they need to satisfy the intellectual mind. It's all there. And, or they can go read The Evolutionary Entrepreneur, which is a great book. Yeah, yeah. lots of places to go. The entrepreneurs that you see are getting back to that original premise of mm -hmm. being human mm -hmm. and expressing that and helping or allowing the world to transform them and, I guess, take us through this Armageddon or what we're you yeah, know, in about the beginning, to, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are they doing? What sort of work are they doing? They're building villages. They're building the new models. Buckmeister Filler. Buckmeister, I can't pronounce his name, but whoever no, that, I don't know. Buck, yeah. Buckmeister Filler. Thought, thought leader. Yeah. And he said, stop trying to fix the old problems, just build something new. So you want to know what they're doing? They're gathering. And they're gathering and they're sharing ideas and pooling resources and they're building something new. And they're building new innovation technology, new ways to live, everything, where they're going to make this shit obsolete. Yeah. I'm imagining that it's stuff that's at a totally different level to where we are now as well. Like it's reconceptualizing maybe economies, maybe how yeah, we all of it. How this we gonna, yeah. This whole system is going to implode on itself. So we're going to better have something new built when it does. And nothing to be afraid of. I'm just saying this is the alchemy. Mm. This is a destruction process to create something new. We're in the destruction process. Nobody knows what to do. It's awesome. Finally, at least, you know, and now we can birth ourselves and we can birth heaven on earth. And the way we'll do that is by tapping into the wisdom that's already there. Yeah. All the patterns, all the technologies is all there. The problem is, is we have too low of a density of frequency that we all live in. And when we raise the vibration, the new solutions will be revealed themselves. It's the same way if you lower a tide, doesn't mean that the, something wasn't there. You know, the tide lowers <laughs> and it's there. It's been there the whole time. Yeah. So all the solutions to, to solve poverty, war, famine, all that, they all exist. Yeah. The question is, are we ready for them? Yeah. Where... Like, where are these people gathering at the moment? Like, is it in the festivals? Jungles? No, you know? they're yeah. fucking in the jungles. In jungles and private ceremonies, doing the work. Yeah. Turn themselves out, and you won't hear about them. Yeah. Well, you know, but I mean, you, they do the work privately. Yeah. And then they come back and they're kind of quiet about it, and they just kind of change their company's direction. Yeah. It's pretty magic, actually. I'm very grateful for it, and it's happening more and more now. And uh, it's happening at the top levels, thank goodness so that I can at least have children into a world where I want them to, to feel peace again and love and, and connection, a world where they eat real food. I mean, are you noticing this in Australia as well, this kind of thing happening? Yeah, the, the people leave this, uh, you know, because you can't do this kind of stuff in certain countries. Don't you think it's interesting? 
Explain that. What do you mean? Well, I just think it's interesting. I mean, the term drug is designed to create a schism, so we can't even talk yeah, about it. Because yeah. if I say this is a drug, everyone goes, oh, there's, there's intentional charge. It's designed to confuse us. Mm. So what I'm talking about is ethiogens, spiritual catalyst tools to go inward that have been around for thousands of years, longer than this civilization, which, by the way, you know, many civilizations have collapsed. So I'm talking about ethiogens that are come from the Amazon. This is not like rocket science. This is just basic principles, like be a fucking human being. You know, you think we're gonna get along and just live in our computers and our iPhones the rest of our lives? We're crazy. Like I was sitting at the airport the other day, I took a look around and I, I do it too. And it's like, I look at my phone. Sometimes I wonder if I run my phone or if my phone owns me. <laughs> yeah, you know? totally. So I was, in the, I was in the airport. My partner went to the restroom, I looked around and everyone, like literally everyone with the race was on their phone. I was like, this is crazy. This doesn't feel right. No. Something's off here. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I'm just questioning things. So I just asked my brothers and sisters to question everything. Can we create something new? And I believe when I know we can. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can too. I'm excited about it. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. That's a question I wanted to ask you, and it's just slipped my mind. I'll, I'll share with you that, uh, that it's people like you who build the platforms to share the information that are part of the music that brings this, strings this universe back together. Because each of us hold a note in a song and you're allowing and giving a platform for people to share and people can take or leave it, but at least they can find their song again. I'm just singing my song and it happens to sound like a podcast, you know? Yeah. And some people it'll help strike a chord so they can start singing their song. So it's people like you putting information out there and letting people make their own choices. I trust humanity. We just need to make our own choices again. Yeah. When I think about this stuff, I mean, if I, if I tap into, you know, what scares me mm -hmm. about what you're saying and what, you know, which highlights, I think, something that I'm curious about and maybe I need to go towards as well. But, and I think it's, it's something about I won't be able to handle the change and what I have to lose. Like, this is going to cost me something. I know in the past when I've had massive transformational change, there has been a cost and it's always been a cost, you know, I look back and I think, wow, I'm so glad I paid that price because it was well worth it. Where I am now, I'm so grateful for where I am now. And I think it's that feeling of, fuck, I can't handle the change. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's the, um, you know, we don't even know what the change might be. Like it might be unrecognisable to what we're engaging in right now. And, I, you know, ideas like if humans live for an extended period of time, like what, we would, what would we do? If, if we didn't have to work as much as we did, what would we do? Like, and you were talking about there'd be nothing to do. And what does then, then what do we do when there's nothing to do when we work that out? And we create. Yeah. We create magic instead of destruction. We create a world of peace. We create, we create and tap into, go back to being a solar race. What do you mean by a solar race? There's so much more. There's so much more. What if it was, what if so much more was possible? What if everything we, I one time did this ridiculous exercise with myself on a Saturday night and I wrote down everything I thought was impossible. Everything I thought was impossible. Hmm. And I crossed it all out and I said, and I made it possible for my mind for just 15 minutes. Like this is possible. And you know what? It was really freeing. So what if everything we thought was impossible was possible? Maybe I'm just crazy. Who knows? Yeah. But it's a crazy one to change this world. And I'm not interested in anything normal anymore because normal gets us bombs, normal gets us famine, normal gets us separation, normal gets us shit food and going to work to a 95. Fuck normal. <laughs> yeah.
I was reading an awesome article today as well in The Atlantic yeah. about this guy has been working in cognitive psychology or cognitive science for 30 years and developing his models and, and essentially proving that evolution selects us to not see reality as it actually is. Like it, yeah, it makes sense. Cause yeah. it, it won't, because what I've experienced when I've, they say psychedelics are for people who can handle reality. Yeah. And when what we see as normal is not reality. I can say that with absolute. What is normal out there is not reality. What is normal out there is toxic. And there's so much more. We only see one-tenth of a light, one-tenth of a billionth of a light spectrum. So when we can face that, and the biggest thing is facing that we don't know shit. Yeah. And we're amateurs in this world. Amateurs. We're like a bunch of kids running around with mon monkeys with knives. And the first thing I had to realize is I'm a monkey with a knife. And when I looked at my knife, I went, oh my gosh, I, I had no idea. I had no idea that my thoughts create reality. I had no idea that I'm a co-creator being. No idea that I'm a part of not just what I see, but what I feel. I had no idea that my eyes were blinding me from what there is to see. And my ears were deafening me. I had no idea that we could see sound and hear color. Yeah. It's a different world. But this sounds nuts to the mainstream. It's fine. It's, it breaks my heart that this sounds nuts. It breaks my heart that this sounds nuts. And now if you want to know, well, I want a business podcast. Well, I can tell you this. The top players and business people in the world, many of them, are seeing this now. And it's happening. So get on the bandwagon, wake up, or keep doing business the old way and you'll get left behind like a dinosaur. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll put the link to that article in as well. Like I yeah. think it's, yeah, just to give people another, another take on this too. But I've got a couple of questions as we wrap up. And the first one, the questions that I ask everyone on the podcast, and the first question's about, I don't know how it quite fits into our conversation, but anyway. Mm -hmm. The question's about a change or a disruption that you'd like to be part of one day. So something that you're not currently subtly disrupting, mm -hmm. but you think that would be awesome to be part of, or I'm heading to be part of that. I'm going to be part of that change. Is this something that comes to mind when I say that? Yeah, I'm thinking about it for a second. I am already a part of that change, which is, which is the practical disruption of normal in a good way. It's time we build and co-create the villages of the future to live in so we can evolve at the fastest pace possible. And uh, I'm a part of that. Do you see Byron as an epitome of that? Like, is that, or is there something uh, happening there? It, it, there's definitely a lot happening in Byron. There's always something happening in Byron. But I, I see Byron as a beautiful place that has a lot of wisdom. And I think it deserves a lot more respect to the people of the land. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And I'm so grateful because I'm originally from Hawaii. It reminds me of my home, Hawaii. Yeah. It reminds me of the Hawaiian Islands. And I'm very grateful to spend time there and grateful to the people who own, whose land it is. Uh, but Byron is a place where the elders meet. It's a very sacred place. And uh, I think an example of it would be, imagine if you had the optimum amount of people, 150 people. They did studies with, the, with um, military, things like that. The optimum is around 150. Imagine living next for connection. To, and, yeah, for yeah, connection. Yeah. Imagine living in a modern village on the ocean with 150 of your friends where there's initiation experiences that they must go through. And it's not a hippie commune. It's freaking awesome. Like modern housing, solar panels, everything. Top-notch permaculture. Everyone has a role. There's no money needed. And it just works. Yeah. There's great food, great, 
great water, everything. And remember the days as kids, I remember these days when I just go knock on my friend's door? Yeah. Yeah, well, those days are coming back. Yeah. And it's time. And we're ready for it. Because the wealthiest people in the world know that it doesn't, it's not about having you know, $100 million in the bank, $50 million in the bank for retirement. It's about having your friends, your family around, and good food, good clean water, and a place you want to live and a connection to the land. That's the retirement of the future. Everything we've been told about retirement is total bullshit. I want to live in that place. Like I, that's the place that I start to imagine. And I guess over the past three years and doing this podcast, I've been curious about. Like, do you see these places evolving, or you know people that are helping create this, or are we all doing it? We're all doing it. Many of these villages will be, built, will be all over the world, and they will create their own fabric and their own new world on top of the synthetic world. And then sooner or later, as they evolve consciously and evolutionary themselves, the frequency increases. And you see, we can only evolve so fast in this sludge of Wi-Fi and everything else. And then when we get out of that stuff, we start to evolve very quickly. And through that evolutionary process, we, our density decreases. And we become higher and higher vibrational beings. And then we coexist on two. But then what happens, just because you can't see higher frequencies or hear them, doesn't mean they're not there. So potentially, there's a fabric of a new world being born. Yeah. I don't know, but that sounds crazy to most. So I'll just keep it as, yes, there are villages being built <laughs> that, are here, that are here to support the human family. And our job is to build them and bring innovative technologies into those. And each of us are doing our part. I'll get to my last question now. And it's yeah. about, it's more reflecting on your own personal journey. And you, you probably shared a lot of these things already, but maybe something that you haven't shared about a subtle disruption or something small, small change that you've made in your own life that's had a, you know, an important or a, a large impact on you and that would be interesting for other people to hear about too. I think the biggest thing that, to talk about this stuff is a big disruption. It'd be a lot easier for me to just be a business guy. Yeah. I mean, I know business in and out. It'd be great to talk about sales, marketing, ascension models, packaging, positioning, KPIs, inflection points, mergers, acquisitions. Been there, done it. I can talk about it. Boring. Let's get to the real stuff. And let's honor that stuff as it was useful for a time but it's not everything there is. And so for me, the biggest thing is facing the fears of the opinions of others and doing it anyway. And we'll see what happens, because I don't know. That's the biggest fear I have. But I'd rather have the whole world against me than my own soul. Mm. So I'm just gonna keep living and being true to myself and people can take or leave it. Jeffrey, awesome to chat. Thanks, Thanks so much man. for your time. You kind Cheers. of great. We're good? We're good, yeah. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I have a question for you. What is stopping you from opening your mind to a completely different way of understanding and being? What are you afraid of letting go of? If you feel like sharing your thoughts on this or anything else about my conversation with Jeffrey, you can do so by posting something on the Facebook page, through Twitter or Instagram, or even by sending an email, adam at subtledisruptors.com. And of course, let me know if there are subtle disruptors you think I should know about. Coming up next week, I'll be talking with Rachel Service about doing great work without burning ourselves out. I'm Adam Murray, and I hope you feel a little more encouraged, connected, and resolute in your own quest to settle disruption. Bye for now.